My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. On today's Shack House, we are going to discuss Webb Simpson's Players' Championship win and Tiger Woods' interesting performance there. Plus, we are going to break down, well, actually, we're just going to kick around this new sports betting news brought to you by the Supreme Court of the United States today. And I am at Trinity Forest, where the AT&T Byron Nelson is being played this week, and this is going to be some major must-see golf. Uh, but, of course, you know that the Shack House is brought to you by our friends at Callaway Golf, who sponsor the great... Xander Shoffley, who switched lofts on his rogue sub-zero driver last week, House. I don't know if you know this. He went from a uh, to a 10.5 from the 9, and oh. guess what he did? He made a whole lot of money, finished second. He did. Uh, you know, and it's a good reminder. Make sure you get fit. Make sure you get on the launch monitor. Even the best players in the world have to make these adjustments. Uh, he's got the sub-zero driver with the jailbreak, of course, and the new hourglass-shaped titanium bars that are 25% lighter, and he could buy a whole bunch of them after that incredible second place at the players on a zany Sunday. You know what else he could buy some more of, Shaq? Mmm. Nice dress shirts. Ew, yeah. Today's show. the golf pros could. Yeah, also brought to you by our good friends at Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. Are you having trouble finding shirts that fit? Phil Mickelson apparently is. At propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your or your custom shirt size by answering 10 easy questions. And it doesn't take very long. Shirts start at 80 bucks and are delivered in just two weeks. Perfect fit is guaranteed. If a shirt doesn't fit, they will remake it for free. The whole process is risk-free. For premium quality, perfect fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com slash shackhouse and use gift code shackhouse to get $20 off your first custom shirt today. That's a, a great deal. 60 bucks for a custom fit uh, uh, dress shirt. That's outstanding. 
All right, Let's go Chef. to the shack house. Let's, Let's go, go to the, the shack, shack house. house. We got a lot to do, house. Let's get in the shack house. Greetings from Dallas, Texas, or somewhere in the vicinity. I believe this is, yeah, technically Dallas, Texas. House, how you doing today? Shaq, I'm doing great. It's the greatest day in the history of American sports. <laughs> Take a guess why. Yeah, uh, Webb Simpson won the Players' Championship. Yes, that's it, exactly. <laughs> Webb Simpson won the Players' Championship. Now, you, I, so how did you get the news? Well, we're going to get into the Supreme Court thing, but I just want to know, since you've brought it up, and I know that's what you're really happy about, uh, where, how did you get the news? Was it an alert? You have to remember, uh, I'm a lawyer by training, my old lawyer day, so mm. I, have, I have a network of lawyers that okay. I'm pals with from, from back in the day that are all wired up with their instant alerts from, from the SCOTUS. Ah, okay. Anytime the Supreme Court does, you know, uh, wiggles a nose hair, you get an alert. So I was inundated with news uh, <laughs> as it happened, and obviously it was an exciting moment in my office at that moment. All right, well, we'll get to that. I'm pretty sure you would not have bet on Webb Simpson never finishing in the top 15 at the Players' Championship uh, and really having a few nice finishes, a few signs. Uh, that final round at the Masters was a, ni- was a nice sign, but nothing that made you say, oh, Webb Simpson's going to go out and <laughs> shoot 18 under, would have been 20 under if he'd parred the last hole, and win the Players' Championship in dominating fashion. And that is, uh, I think, the TPC Sawgrass and the players in a nutshell. Once again, it, it did reward somebody playing incredibly great golf, but it always has this sort of odd uh, feel to the way it concludes. And I think that's why the Ricky Fowler year always gets mentioned, because that was the one year where you just felt like it, uh, it felt more like a normal golf tournament. But the players, Pete Dye, the whole thing, it's always got, and I'm not saying it's bad house, it's just different. And it was, um, uh, I would say, made a lot better <laughs> by uh, Tiger Woods' play on the weekend, too. And then just so many other guys. I mean, if you took Webb Simpson away, by the way, House, wow, would it have been an amazing leaderboard. And, we, I, and I don't mean that as this uh, disrespectful statement about Webb Simpson. It just would have been an incredible dogfight, and we probably would have had a playoff. Yeah, and we did uh, capture a few of the things that, that we um, talked about last week. We did see... Uh, you know, we, we observed that this event uh, always has the potential for a player to sort of grab it by the horns and wrestle it to the ground, this, this venue, yep. and just run away with it. And that's what Webb Simpson did. Uh, and we also, you know, wondered about um, the effects of, of the style of play on some players of interest. I, I was really intrigued. We'll get to Tiger, obviously, but I was really intrigued by Jordan Speeth this week. I really thought... Um, the, he, he put some demons uh, to rest after the opening round, three over, uh, battled his way back to, to make the cut, and then was really intriguing over the, the entire course of the weekend. We saw the full sort of range of, of Jordan. Um, and, and obviously, we're going to talk about him in connection with this Trinity Forest and the Byron Nelson uh, as the, is he the defending champion? No, he is essentially the de facto host pro. This is where he practices, and he's obviously an AT&T uh, ambassador, <laughs> and he uh, he is the man here. He is the uh, this is where he does almost all of his practice. Cameron, Cameron McCormick, his instructor, works here. So yes, so he is no, he is not the defending champion, but uh, all eyes are on him this week. Yeah, and 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 to your point, well, let's just talk about his play at the players to wrap that up. He 
after Sunday's round where he hit that one out uh, in the middle of the lake on 18 and, and made a quad, he came in and, of course, we were all standing around in the, the scrum area just dreading like, okay, oh, yeah, he's going to go make the, the – the, he's going to go straight for the locker room. He was great. Uh, they, the, PR, the press person for the tour said, ah, five questions only. Well, he went five minutes on the first question. I mean, he was jazzed. It was odd. He uh, felt, He said he – really hit the ball and felt better over the ball and felt better over the putter on Sunday, believe it or not, than Saturday when he shot 65. So keep that in mind for this week uh, when he comes to a golf course where he is the only one who truly, really knows this course well. But it was I, fascinating how not giddy he was, but he was in good, really good spirits for a guy who just made eight on the last hole and, and really just never looked quite right on Sunday. It was, in, in, in one respect, this is the thing that I like very much about Jordan Spieth, and I think um, it makes him appealing to the masses. He had a very relatable final hole of the, of, of the tournament in, in this way. He hit his tee shot into the water after having made birdie on the previous hole. So we, you know what, that's the PBFU. You're familiar with that. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and then he was perfectly poised to save bogey from from there on in, he hit a shot to the to the front of the green that rolled backwards a little bit, but he could have chipped up and one putted for for bogey. Um, and instead, he he got indifferent in a manner that that so many of of us and by us I mean us, <laughs> us digital handicappers at the end of a round, you know, uh, who who knows what's been going on during the round. But you get to eighteen, you make a mistake, you take you you start losing a little bit of focus, and next he three putted from you know yeah. what was that six feet or so. I mean, the, yeah. the the reason he had a quadruple bogey is because he lost f- focus. And his attitude. I heard you. You know, you. We talked beforehand, and you. Exp- you had indicated that he. He had. You know, wasn't really all that banged up about um, making the quad. It's like, yeah, he, he enjoyed himself. That, that, that's think, very well, relatable the, to me. The day was so cool with Tiger making that run, and, and Jordan's a golf geek, so he's a fan too. And I think uh, being. I mean, that's why he's special. He loves that moment. There are some people who would. Uh, not enjoy the moment, or they it would it, it would be uncomfortable for them. He loved the moment. And by the way, Mackenzie Hughes, who played with Tiger on Saturday, also embraced the moment really nicely. And he was kind of he was he was trying to work a few putts in with the body language. And uh, he was somebody who had lunch with Tiger recently at Bay Hill. They were at the same table, but he couldn't muster up the courage to to introduce himself, and so they sat there quietly. And then here they are playing together, and he shot sixty eight, and and uh, so those were cool things. But J- Jordan was just clearly in his uh, element. It just it's just one of those things that it didn't happen. I don't think he really is a big uh, fan of the TPC Sawgrass. So it's it's just pretty obvious that it's one of those places where I'm not, I'm not sure it. He just knows quite what to make of it. And, and maybe it's such that he overanalyzes sometimes a golf course, which is great when it's a course loaded with strategy. But uh, I don't know if that one that one could be uh, dangerous to overanalyze. I'll tell you what, well, I have to share something I thought that was the most fascinating thing about the way Webb Simpson analyzed his game. And it's something I, I, I want to I wanna try it on a golf course uh, house. I think you'll... 
I think you'll find it interesting. Uh, although I don't know, I've seen you play. You, I'm not sure if, if playing safe is 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 your thing. But <laughs> so I'll give you the short version, just because this was to me the coolest part of the the tournament. Obviously, everybody talked about him putting so well, overcoming the anchoring ban, and finally finding something, and that is cool. And and he made an interesting comment last night in the press conference. Uh, I had asked actually. A question, and then Ben Everill followed up on that. Did he ever get emotional or angry? Because Adam Scott, I think, gets pretty angry about what's happened with the band. And Webb uh, said it never got to that point. In fact, he now he said it was the first time he'd ever said it. But it, he was actually he's happy the band happened, not because he's happy that old guys are yipping the putter and can't use it, but because it forced him to to do some things to make himself. A better golfer. I thought that was uh, pretty impressive. But here's here was his his deal. House at Augusta, he got mad. He realized he was missing in the wrong spot all the time, uh, or too often, and and he realized he needs to stop short sighting himself on golf courses that actually have design that where you just can't be in a certain spot. So his his approach is caddy explain. Uh, and then, and really, Paul Tesori explained it better than Webb even. Uh, but he said it really may change the course of his career. He tries, he picks a conservative target when there is a, a, a green. Let's say he's playing to a, a the 16th green at Augusta, and that that pins left, and there's a lake left, and he picks a target in the center of the green, a conservative one, and he plays aggressively to that target. And so the concept is that it instills in him not to to stay, to play away from the trouble. But to not steer the ball, to, to still take an aggressive swipe at it. And, and that's what he does, as you see, as kind of an unusual move. So I just thought that was really cool. And it's something I think that, you know, we always hear uh, how you can watch and learn from these guys. No, you really can't too often. They play something that we don't, we don't relate to very well most of the time. But I thought that was a cool thing to take away mentally for a lot of people, not just a, a Webb Simpson playing DPC Sawgrass, but for all of us. Does that so make sense? It, it makes sense. The interesting thing to me is there were many uh, instances over the course of, the, of, of Saturday and Sunday, I watched a lot of his rounds, where I felt like he was going at the pins. So it must be the case that that conservative, conservative aggressive factors in the possibility of a miss, and the miss has the effect of if you miss the conservative uh, uh, target, you're now, you're now at the pin. Like he hit the ball to the left of the pin on 14 on yes. Sunday. Uh, and it, it for a minute there, or a couple seconds, looked like it was going to be an incredible shot. And then it, it, there's no way for the ball to stop there, so it rolled down. Um, but that, that was a miss. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, that is certainly part of it. And he mentioned that he, he missed some shots where he didn't want to. Uh, but I think the main thing... At least, again, for somebody playing a golf course that has architectural features and spots you just know you can't get up and down from, or, or worse, you'd, you'd be in a hazard, that you, you really – I think most of us, when we play safe, we, 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 we play to a safe uh, line, and then we don't really sometimes take the best swing because we're not really uh, – we're just kind of laying the club on the ball and pushing it out there. And so – uh, I think it's something to think about that it, it helps you uh, swing a little bit more aggressively and stay down through the ball and things like that and um, and it just kind of it also is a it's sort of a positive 
approach instead of a protective one. And I, I, I uh, anyway, I, I just found that to be something that uh, was was unusual, and it was really cool that they shared that, and it really clicked on Sunday at Augusta. You know, he bogeyed two holes coming in, shot sixty-seven. He, he, he uh, but he had an incredible round going with two eagles there. And, and as Caddy said, that's kind of where it changed. And obviously, there are certain golf courses that just aren't made for him. Well, ironically, the, where his home is at Quail Hollow <laughs> is really just not a golf course for him. And he'll he's pretty much admitted that now. It's just too long. So well, I, um, I, he has to pick his spots. And, I want, uh, yeah, I want to pay him one last compliment. Okay. Um, what I thought was most impressive about his his game Saturday and Sunday, and, and he was obviously firing on all cylinders, but his uh, ability to hit the ball in the fairway on the correct side of the fairway uh, over the course of those two days was incredible to me. I mean, that, yeah. that's where all of – at, at, at uh, Sawgrass, if you're on the wrong side of the fairway or not in the fairway, that's when trouble uh, jumps, you know, jumps up and, and, and bites you. And he, it seemed effortless to me. Um, and his choice of club was, was obviously uh, excellent as well. He had three wood in so many places. We, we know that the uh, sawgrass takes driver out of your hands, but he just was able to move that three wood and hit it exactly where he needed it to be on, on virtually every hole. I mean, he just stayed out of trouble off the tee all day long. Yeah, yeah, it was a beautiful display of uh, of accuracy. It was the second uh, guy to be in the in the eighty percentile uh, category for driving accuracy. Tim Clark being the other who gave him the putting tip that's that's helped save his career. Uh, yeah. Now, so uh, awesome performance, and and I thought the other thing that was cool, even though he had that big lead, um, he talked quite a bit about how long the day was and then how about both days he gets thrown at him now again it's not tiger of 2000 but he's sitting around waiting to play um saturday and here comes tiger posting this great score and he actually said that helped him because it made him realize you know i've got to i've got to continue to attack the course and uh and then sunday obviously tiger was on the golf course with the 205 tee time uh about 35 40 minutes before webb and um and and Webb knew heard a few of the roars. Although you don't hear a lot of huge roars through that golf course, it really it reminds you how bizarre Augusta National is in a in an acoustical way. Um, and he uh, had that kind of coming at him, and then a bunch of other guys making um, moves where. If you do the arithmetic, uh, <laughs> there's some there's some ways that you could lose a seven stroke lead. Never nobody's ever done it in the history uh, of the PGA Tour, which I thought was an unbelievable stat. And um, so I think that was another cool element. And Tiger gave boy did he give people some thrills with uh, what he was doing and leave you feeling like he's really just uh, just getting better every almost every week. And uh, what I saw, House, was just a, a little more calmness. Body is just a little bit looser. Swing's just a little bit better. Uh, a little more, uh, a little tighter, a little more athletic. Just little stuff here and there. And then just his way is just getting even more relaxed. He's pressing less. And those first two rounds, the mojo in that group was so bad. I mean, you just, you, I, I went out there. I didn't go all, all the way with both of them. But Phil was, Phil was uh, not, not there. He was, yeah, he was playing he and, like he was wearing a yeah. dress shirt. He and yeah, yeah, he and Tim were uh, they were talking about a summer house somewhere uh, off the thirteenth uh, tee. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's got a nice basement. Uh, oh, you're welcome, by the way, Tim. Oh, that was I was laughing listening to that. So he 
you know, I, I don't know what's going on. He, he warned he'd have energy issues, and I feel like that's code for something. Maybe he just doesn't feel right. Maybe just uh, just something. It, so he was not fully engaged, uh, I don't believe, uh, after it started to go bad. I think he came out attempting to do his best, and it, it just uh, it went south fast. And then Ricky just kind of had nothing going. So the group mojo stunk, and Tiger, I thought, held it together well considering that. Um, and then just uh, Saturday morning, that what's ironic is that front nine setup was brutal. It was the hardest they could do with the whole location Saturday. Sunday was the easiest that, that they could muster up. And uh, he went out and shot 30 with those difficult hole locations. So really great week for, for him. And uh, obviously what he did for the tournament was, was really cool, too. By, yeah, I well, mean, the number of, I've never seen that many people there. A week ago, we said this tournament um, could be viewed as a as a referendum on yeah. you know his ability to kind of navigate around a place where dr- driver has to be out of your hands and the beloved stinger was all over social media i mean i yeah. enjoyed watching on television but you know you, you see all the all of the golf fans out there everybody <laughs> loves the stinger who doesn't love the stinger shack we we had a moment i gotta tell you there was a moment in the press conference where somebody asked about the origin of the stinger and now that he's giving us more stuff and again he gave us some great stories last week that nobody had ever heard i mean he had he he admitted that phil texted him and offered him help with his short game when he kind of had the yips going i mean like uh, that was a question i asked and and uh i was like uh, i went in and i went where did that come from that we've never heard that before that (laughs) that was wild but but um so somebody asked the stinger question he kind of he told a he didn't you know in the past he would have just acted like why are you bothering me with that and i i just I, I wanted to raise my hand and just ask Tiger. You know, a lot of people would like to know why don't you just use the stinger more often, please, please. But I just couldn't quite do it. But then, you know, he did pull it out there, and then he had the one quacker into the lake on eighteen on um, Thursday. But it it was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch and see it again. Yeah. So let let's talk about, uh, and I, I'm interested in what you observed in. Um, his post-round press conferences each of Saturday and Sunday because the stretch that befuddled him was 13 to 18. Yeah, and he played all, the 11, front nine 11 under and the back nine even. Yeah, and, and, and especially 13 to 18, he was five over on that stretch. Yeah. And on Saturday and Sunday, he failed to birdie 16, which is just incomprehensible to, to yeah. me. Now, the, the thing that... that uh, Johnny Miller was observing, and maybe you, you don't know whether or not there's a little bit of confirmation bias because Johnny thought <laughs> he, he thinks he's been observing something, and so he said it uh, another 50 times. But he, right. he made this observation that to him it looks like Tiger's avoiding the water. And both of his tee shots on 13, uh, you know, so, so both days, Saturday and Sunday, he birdies 12, Though you know there is buzz, I don't know if there's buzz on the grounds, but there is oh, buzz yeah. on television. There is buzz on social media. It, I'm I'm buzzing. Uh, you know, there's an excitement level, and each day his tee ball into 13 failed to catch the slope, so he didn't yeah. get get the slope. I mean, he was too far away to really right. have a serious run at birdie. So you say, okay, that's fine. Par, we'll accept par on 13. Now the guys were getting close and 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 making birdie. But, you know, the, the most important thing is just hang in there and get through 14 because we know the danger that 14 represents. We've seen it over the years, <laughs> how hard it can be. 
and it jumped up and bit him in, in two different ways both days, and really that was the end of it. You know, that really killed yeah. the rally both days to my way of, of thinking about yep. it and to my, yep. to my way of watching it. Um, Sunday was particularly painful because it looked like he just um, just missed. He didn't miss that shot by very much, but he missed it by enough for it to spin all the way down to the bottom of the hill. Um, and that, that was, you know, the end. He, he walked on to 13T, four strokes behind Webb Simpson. Right. Webb was yeah. 18 under, Tiger was 14 under, and, yeah. uh, and it was like, if he, just, if he does anything here, it is going to get exciting. Yeah. Um, and, and he just wasn't able to do it. So did he talk about 14 at all in either of those press um, conferences? No, and I was kind of bouncing out of the Sunday one because I was more fascinated with his play on 14. Okay, first of all, the tee shot, I was behind the tee. And he got up, and I go, oh, no, look how far left he's aiming. And he just hit this beautiful – he didn't take much time, uh, which I know some some shot – his uh, time over the ball varied. He, he hit this one. He got up. He, there was no hesitation. He's been trying to play it down the right side, and he kept getting in trouble um, with, the, with the steep mounting. And he hit this beautiful low cut. And, of course, when we got out there and you saw where it was, it was just unbelievable. I've never seen somebody hit it in that little slot with that low cut and he had that little wedge and he just he, he put more spin on it than he thought but what i was bothered by was actually the shot from down he hit it down and it spun down and it was on bermuda and he immediately went for the putter and then the guy I was standing next to i just saw oh, I, I don't i don't i don't get it who, who wants to put this off of bermuda anyway so after the round i spoke to joe lacava's caddy and i just said i just quickly asked i had one question i said was it was it the lie that caused him to grab the putter? And he goes, uh, no, he just wanted to putt it. I went, okay, thanks. <laughs> so, I, and, but that just killed him. That getting up and that down. killed because him. Spieth was down there too, and he hit this beautiful little little kind of punch stab thing that you know, bounced. Yeah, and it just grabbed. It was just yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and he'll hit about 100 of those this week, but at Trinity. And it was, and I was like, what? Well, I just, it was odd. And I, I don't know. And that is a shot that he's had trouble with sometimes. But um, anyway, that was actually a momentum killer because even though he, he'd hit the drive and had it spin back, he, he all he had to do was make par there. Right. He loves, he loves 15, that tee shot. He's been playing 16 well. Yeah. Um, in terms of the tee shot, but from, from there on in, it struggles. So it's one of those, but no, he was, he was again great after the round. Uh, what answered every question. And he definitely seems uh, very, very comfortable in his, his skin. What I liked, and this will be the final thing, and we'll move on to well, uh, I, more important matter. Oh, okay, it, well. I, I have a question. You make your observation, but I have a question no, for you when you finish. It, it just simply was, again, uh, he's, he's, he's acknowledging the kids, uh, tipping his cap to people. Uh, he's engaged with the fans, but I felt like this week he did what I'd hoped he'd do. Um, he kept doing that, but it looked like he just, for whatever reason, he was also able to, to be just a little bit locked in more on the course. And my guess is a lot of that is being at a place that uh, he knows so well and is, is, has played so many times. Um, and he even made that comment after the round. Uh, it's very clear he has, he's reconciled himself to be a horse for courses, and he's fine with it. And um, I think when he goes somewhere he doesn't know, it's, it's, he's just, I don't know if he's ever going to be 
as engaged. I mean, he really wants to qualify for Firestone. He that that's a big priority. He mentioned that after he. It's the last time they're going to play there, and he wants to be there because he has won eight times. There. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good course for Tiger. <laughs> so, and I but I think it's cool that he just wants to be there for the last one because he he acknowledges that he's a part of its history and it's a part of his life history and and. Um, so it's little stuff like that where you just feel like the karma again is just on his side and um, well, and it's that, it's very cool and he admires what is he's watching what his peers are doing he's admiring what other guys do he admires Webb Simpson for uh, what he did this week stuff like that and he, and, and it's uh, it's 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 natural it's not like it's a uh, it's not it doesn't feel forced well here's my my question uh, and you just mentioned karma so it's a nice kind of segue from the comfort of my couch. Yeah, having watched the the repeat performance on holes thirteen to eighteen Saturday and Sunday, I was left wondering whether or not there was some element of pressure that crept in because he 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 got close. He was much closer on Sunday than he was on Saturday. I mean, Saturday was a genuine moving day, old school tiger getting himself back to the front page of the leaderboard to serve notice on everybody. Uh, and it was a great round that had the potential to be an extraordinary, extraordinary round. That was Saturday. Sunday, now I don't know whether what, what frame of mind he's in, whether he's scoreboard watching or not, but when you're standing on the tee on 13, and, and if he looked up or not, four strokes from the lead, you know, it's time to put the foot on the pedal a little bit. Oh, uh, he tried. Okay. Uh, he really he really wanted that shot. 13, he had a a, a weird week with. I saw his, his shot on um, Thursday afternoon on 13 was so beautiful. He was so uh, mad off the tee. Okay, so I first started uh, walking with <laughs> Kind of was with him, and then I kind of slowed and picked up the the, the Phil and um, uh, Tim chat on real estate. But Tiger uh, let out an, an M effort, you know, one of those uh, okay. quietly okay. towards the lake. Uh, maybe right. somebody heard it over at the Marriott Saw- Sawgrass. He was so mad. That shot was so good. Now he waited about a minute. He took his sweet time waiting for the wind to die. So the golf gods said, "Okay, you want it to die? We're really gonna let it die." And it just sat down completely. And he hit the – oh, it was so – it sounded so good. I mean, I had the coolest scene. You know, there's Ricky and uh, totally, you know, they're all they were all locked in kind of at that, at that shot because it gets your attention. But it, I don't know. The green's a little bit not quite the way it was as Tiger knows it. So he may just not have the feel for how to f- funnel it into that pin. Well, um, I, 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 but, but, but I, I don't know. feel – the only thing – the only moment I saw a, a sign of pressure was there was a, the stroke on 10 – the birdie putt there. I mean, the minute he stroked, you're like, oh, that's a shove. <laughs> that was, well, it was, but other than that, I know. I mean, 14 was just kind of a freakish set of, uh, you know, things. And I, I, I didn't see choking. 15, he got right back in it and he just, he had a beautiful tee shot and he had a nice second shot. It wasn't super close. And so, but no, but I, makeable, I don't see nerves. Two makeable birdies on 16. I didn't love the putting on 16. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, then, and then it requires, you know, if you're really serious about uh, winning or, or you know finishing in the top three, you got to go to 17 and do something spectacular. And he he misclubbed yesterday. I mean, is is there any other way to describe what happened on 17T for him? Nope, nope. He did, and he really thought he had the right club. Jordan felt like he gave him a bad example 
not intentionally, but he he hit a a draw wedge. He told us after basically to deal with the wind and because he was in between clubs and he had to really jump on it. So he put on this like what he called just kind of it. He actually turned it. It actually started over the water and turned in, which is why he kind of reacted the way he did. Like oh my gosh, I just hit maybe one of the greatest shots of my life. Uh, you know, and I, I felt like it almost should have gone in the hole. So Tiger looked at his bag. He said. And Tiger said, "Ah, oh, well, he hit the. I guess it was. I think it was a gap wedge. Uh, and I can hit that too. And it wasn't. It wasn't close. So uh, it wasn't close. I mean, that, that was, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, now I pretty, thought Spieth was trying to make a hole in one there. It had that look. Yeah, <laughs> and we reacted like he he wanted to. Right. Uh, no, it was a, it was a, such a cool scene. And and uh, that, that pin is so hard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to express to people how difficult and scary that." That looks when you then, of course, put it in the context context of the players. There are six thousand people, or whatever the number is around that hole. I've heard everywhere from six to ten, and it was packed. And the the video boards and the late light and and Tiger and Jordan. I mean, it was so cool. And uh, but you just look at it, and you go, that thing that just sits in that little corner, and it and it's 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 not that big of an area. TV makes it look a lot bigger than it is. So. I, I have full admiration for all those guys and the way they play that hole that they play as well as they do. So we have uh, we have got a lot to uh, get to. We have important things this week, um, but of course we have to do note that it was another great week for Odyssey House, the number one putter in golf, number one in worldwide wins, number one in worldwide tour usage this year, and of course House, you know it's a big week. If you like design, you like. A cool-looking putter. May 18th, the XO putters are in stores. The guys already had it on their tour bags. And uh, if you, even if you, you sort of like industrial design, go take a look at these. They're really beautiful-looking. And uh, oh, and by the way, Webb Simpson won with an Odyssey at uh, the Players Championship. Yeah, so, I wanted good week. to OdysseyGolf.com. Go check it out. That's right. I, I there there we do have this continuing trend of guys. Um, who have whatever uh, equipment manufacturers in their bags, but everybody's got their old odysseys. You know, Pol- Poulter played with an old odyssey and won with it. Uh, we got that for with, with with Webb. Everybody loves the old school odysseys. I will I say, I, I had the opportunity to get a putting lesson last week from none other than Emiliano Grillo, and I had one of those beautiful XO7s, Oh. And I uh, tried to steal the one that they were letting me play and take it home mm-hmm. with me on the airplane, but I was I was not uh, no. permitted no. to do that. No. But I will be on May the 18th rushing out and getting one okay. of those those guys Good. into the bag. Now, uh, I have uh, something else. Uh, my Dodgers are horrible, yeah. so I know I'm going to be able to get some cheap seats to a game <laughs> when I get home. They're well, awful. For, fortunately for you... Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing unless you're buying Dodgers tickets. Then it's very straightforward. <laughs> uh, but, but of course, the, the, the simple way to buy is with SeatGeek because it's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour 
that's Post Malone, right? You joined uh, Justin Thomas uh, and Bud I missed Cop. that one. Post yeah, Malone, I, right? I, I, yeah, I, I went to Taco Lou where they went before the oh. concert, but uh, no, I, okay. I, I, House, House, I, I, I didn't know who Post Malone was. I'm, a little, I'm feeling really old. <laughs> well, I had the SeatGeek app on my phone. Obviously, it's the easiest way to shop for tickets. Uh, one thing that I, I've done, and, and I hope that, that you've taken advantage of this as well, I'll sit in the Uber on the way down because uh, if, if I'm going to a baseball game, and I know I'm going to have a couple pops there. Oh, wait, take, wait, oh, no. take the wait Uber, and then right. I'm, I'm on the SeatGeek app, and I was like, oh, right. where do I want to sit? I can do it in the in the 20 minute ride on my way okay. to the Nats game because oh, I know okay. I'm going to have a couple pops, and I'm going to enjoy myself. And let me just go ahead and, and and buy the tickets from SeatGeek. It's designed to make the ticket buying experience easier than ever. It saves time and money. Because it's searching multiple ticket sites. I can't do that from my phone. You know how dumb I am with my fat thumbs. Give you the most bang for your buck uh, based on every ticket graded according to the best seats that fit your budget. All the purchases fully guaranteed. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals in every type of ticket. Best of all, Shaq, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and a promo code HOUSE. Today, that's promo code H-O-U-S-E for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat right now, right from your phone. All right, House, I was traveling to Dallas today from Jacksonville, so please give me your nutshell reaction to the Supreme Court decision and then what you think it will mean for uh, golf. So uh, I- This is a golf podcast. The uh, legal community and and by extension, the media have all been anticipating this outcome. So I've been cautiously optimistic in many respects, as cautiously optimistic as I am about my own Washington Capitals. But that's for a different show, a different podcast oh, a different level of excitement. I can't believe I, 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 I'm allowing myself to believe in my Capitals. But in that guarded optimism, that cautious optimism, it seemed like the court was leaning in this direction. And God bless him, I was much more uh, uh, elated, much more uh, uh, excited about the result than I anticipated because I kind of thought that this is the way the court was going to go. But when it really happened, it was like, holy cow, it's a brand new world. It's a brand new universe. Everything is possible. Anything is possible. Let's see what's going to happen. Now, I have no idea what it's going to mean for uh, betting. Anywhere, because all that's happened is the court struck down a federal law uh, on the basis that the federal law overreached states' rights. So the state, right. the basic constitutional principle here is that the Congress does not have the right to infringe on the state's regulation of the state citizens. That's not a simple. I mean, that's not a complicated idea. What does it mean in terms of the 15 states that have legislation in the hopper that are ready to to go ahead and issue regulation and 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 legalize? betting in their states. I have absolutely no idea, but I'm very excited to see the permutations here. The most important thing to me is ease of access, ease of use, and I'm hoping that there is um, some thoughtful approach to uh, how in a particular state you can leverage the internet into um, your your enjoyment of a live event. Mm. Because that okay. that's the most, ha- physically having to go to a place and put something down is a good first step, but the real opportunity here in terms of enjoying a live event, and especially golf, because I knew you, you knew I would get around to it, is 
the ability to for the, the beauty of golf and part of why I think it's such an attractive sport to go ahead and, and, and wager on is it, it, it takes place over the course of a day. Right. Like what's happening in the morning um, may impact what happens in the afternoon or early evening or, or it may not. But you can get in and get out and participate in any variety of ways with golf. You can try and forecast the winner. You can try and forecast a top 10 finish. You can try and forecast a particular is will there be a hole in one, you know, over these next 10 groups. You can mm. try and and this is where, where the real opportunity resides in terms of the Internet uh, opportunity. Um predictive uh, uh, yeah. forecasting on shot-to-shot basis. And, and that's really what I'm, I'm uh, anticipating as being just tremendous fun. Me too. That, I, I, I'm just, I don't find any, I'm getting annoyed with uh, futures and all that kind of stuff. That just isn't appealing and it's, it's obnoxious what the odds are when we know how golf works. But that, the idea mm. that you could sit there um, with an app and and kind of play make or miss or or um, all sorts of things. I mean, you can if somebody's really creative, they could they could have so much fun, and you could you could do it for little increments, and it just would be something that would be um, it just would it, it will be huge for golf, and I think that's why you see the PGA Tour having a very advanced understanding of where this could go and and uh, i retweeted uh, an interview uh, jason sobel did with a couple of people including andy levinson of the tour is a really smart guy he's been uh, put together their drug testing policy uh he he's just very talented he's got a lot of different uh, jobs and hats wears hats at the tour uh, that are that cover of quite a range and this has clearly been a big project for him and they are definitely seeing that golf has the potential to be probably one of the the sports that benefits the most um now house am i am i would i be a debbie downer if i do i can I bring up what my my big concern is? I think Go we've ahead. already touched. Well, you know, I've, I think I've mentioned it before, but in the context of the fan behavior stuff we've had, I'm just very concerned that um, we could get to where somebody could influence the competition um, by making noise, by being a distraction. We're the one sport, other than maybe tennis, but even tennis, it's – you get, you get a point replayed and things like that with a, a judge, uh, a line judge. Will, I mean, there's so many different ways that I, I could see that being remedied or dealt with. But in golf, it's it's really hard to um, take back a shot and and to say, well, that guy yelled because he's got uh, he's got a wager on on you making par on this hole, and and we don't know the uh, the backstory of all that. So that's where I get. A little bit nervous and have been nervous with the fan behavior stuff because one i don't want to see the competition interfered with at all but especially if this happens with the opportunity to for somebody to profit off of somebody's um uh unfortunate misfortune yeah finding of a ball in the water because they somebody yelled on their backswing so two two observations in that vein in the first place they have there's been successful wagering on golf in the UK for some number of years now, uh, and and, and <laughs> yeah, thus far, you're really, you're we're not, me to say something that there will, are no that will probably there get have me. been no obvious incidents, no obvious moments where 
uh, a potential, you know, uh, a, a fan that's sought to interrupt play or sought to, to change the outcome. Um, now, I don't know whether or not a person who's betting in the UK on golf has the ability to, to bet on um, shot-by-shot outcomes. It does, I, I'm, I'm just not that familiar with what they do I there. I have not seen anything like that, no. They so have that, in the past had betting on site at tournaments, but nothing uh, the predictive kind of stuff you're talking about. So I, they, I have would, it, they have it in horse racing and they have it in other things, but I have not. They may have it in golf, Betfair and those may. I have not, uh, I have not encountered it. So I wouldn't have any problem with um, some kind of restriction on the course as as the um, tour rolls this out, as it becomes okay. a reality sometime over the next, let's say, 24 to 36 months, where the predictive shot-by-shot um, opportunity to wager may not be available to those physically in attendance. And I understand that cuts both ways. On the one hand, you don't want to drive folks away from your event uh, yeah. by limiting their their access, but I, on the other hand, people that that are there on on uh, Saturday and Sunday when it's it's nut crunching time, uh, I believe is a colloquial, colloquialism. They're they're there to see the competitive golf a- anyway, right? Those aren't folks going out with the uh, intention of you know they don't need an enhancement to their experience. So being deprived of gambling on those elements. The other element to this obviously is is you know uh, you you were shying away from. It, this basic civility, you know, this is the <laughs> this is the sort of juncture that we're at, where the return of Tiger, the return of eyes, the return of interest to um, professional golf is producing bigger uh, uh, spectator fields, and the the um, the tour, to its credit, you know, we keep seeing you know a uh, uh, little bit bit of news here, a little bit of observation there that they it's something they're sensitive to. Now, I did hear quite a bit. No, I, no, I, I don't agree. I, they, they're not sensitive enough. Uh, I, I that that I've seen, and that was one of the issues we had with the. Uh, early in the year that were there, and I think where some of the players had issues. I feel like it's been buttoned up a little bit in recent uh, weeks, and I do wonder what's gone on to change that. But and maybe maybe this is part of it. Maybe the gambling element is part of it, or maybe it was just the the players saying, "Hey, I, I don't I don't need to be badgered." And by the way, House at, at the players, the crowd was great, but man, a few times I walked through either right behind uh, a, a star group or right in front. And, and there are some amazingly obnoxious little comments that are made, and, and you don't know if the players hear them, but uh, they're 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 just little uh, jabs that are that are that uh, they're just they're just not what you are used to, or I am not used to at a golf tournament, and that's that could wear on a player. If a guy, if somebody did that for, you know, was at the the walkway to the next tee on on four or five holes in a row, and. And kind of gently heckling, uh, you know, when a player keeps hearing it, okay, you just don't know what effect that has. So anyway, it's 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 out there still. Well, I, I I feel like that element of things remains a work in progress. I mean, I think you know nobody could have predicted in December of 2017 that Tiger was going to come back in this manner. And let's just be honest about it: the, these crowds are attributable to the Tiger effect, right? Like go- golf is relevant again. Uh, Come yeah. on. And that yes, 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 but also some of the young guy. I mean, we discussed this with Justin Thomas's issues and and Jordan and well, excuse me, Rory. And I do think that there is something there, but where the younger guys 
that people get to know them through social media more, somehow it makes them comfortable to to needle them like their buddies or to to yell out something at them. And and I love that if it's you know if they're coming off the tee and it's encouragement or it's just excitement. But um, the I just don't I can't fathom i i'm struggling with this these weird little passive aggressive uh and some of them are just nasty uh comments and and uh sometimes the guys hear them sometimes they don't but i feel like it's not just a tiger thing i do think it's the the younger group being more accessible uh and on the social media uh, has has changes people's relationship with them or what they feel they're entitled to say and you know i've gotten responses on twitter all the time about this i pay money to a golf tournament I have the right to say what I want to these guys, and I just that I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, well, I, I don't. I think you're you're uh, definitely right about the access, accessibility uh, concept, and that it, it sort of breeds uh, an inappropriate familiarity. Um, but I, I, I'm willing to sort of let this sort of play out a little bit and sure, let the sure, tour, sure. you know, kind of f- figure it out. And obviously alcohol sales have a role in it. And, and you know, ultimately my hope is that um, there is self-policing among the, the fans, you know, yeah. to, to identify knuckleheads and, you know, let that be the way that, that uh, we all get, get to enjoy the events in a way that yeah. doesn't interfere with the outcome. And that may have happened the last few weeks. So, um, so I, I'm I, all in all, though, it's going to be exciting and, and different. And and um, and speaking of that, uh, I have some intel. <laughs> That's what on, I'm after on a on a golf course and a tournament here that uh, very few people have uh, played the golf course and a tournament that uh, very few stars are coming to. By the way, um, but I think they're going to regret it if they like creative golf and ground golf. So. It's uh, AT&T Byron Nelson week. Billy Horschel's your, your defending champion, but, of course, he won at the TPC Las Colinas. Yeah, that's and why I couldn't remember. Sorry, Billy Horschel. It's okay. That's all right. He blocked me on Twitter. So the <laughs> um, golf course is called Trinity Forest. It's a Corn Crenshaw design. It was founded in, in 2014. They had a, a rough, rough grow in. They had some washouts and things. And um, so it's taken a while to get to this point, and it's the 50th anniversary of the tournament, and um, the club was founded by basically one gentleman, but there's some AT&T people involved. So there, there's a little bit of synergy there. And then Cameron McCormick, Jordan Spieth's instructor, is part of the academy here. Uh, the SMU golf team has a um, ridiculous uh, clubhouse to, and facility to practice from. There's a first tee facility, a par three course, which I didn't know was called the horse course. Um, you know, there's a great horse course in Valentine, Nebraska, uh, that was designed uh, many years ago. But it's nice to see somebody else uh, uh, taking the concept. And then there is an 18-hole golf course. That house is going to be utterly fascinating to watch on television. There are some wild and wacky greens out here, um, and it is a real ground game course. It's an old landfill. Corn uh, Crenshaw, though, have made it into a lynx-looking place. It's got its own zoysia grass developed to be firm and fast um the one caveat is that it's still raw so you're still going to see some native areas that are not perfect you're going to see a couple little areas where uh the grass isn't perfect and and it's going to look it looks pretty green i'm looking out the window right now the club actually mows the place a little bit tighter than the tour has it 
Um, and they, I think, would like to see it firmer and faster. But I went out through Ball's house, and this is this place is nuts. I mean, you just I, you can't believe some of these contours and and features and the shots the guys are going to have to hit. So um, I highly recommend. This is definitely not the Byron Nelson of old, and uh, you know it's it's not the most thrilling field. Uh, Jordan Speed's obviously the ambassador. Uh, they're only, uh, really the resident guy as an AT&T person and Dallas resident and person who practices out here a lot. So he has a massive advantage. He's played this course. Uh, I don't know how many times we'll ask him tomorrow, but it's a lot. Uh, he even played it before it was officially open. Um, Bo Hostler's played out here about five or six times, I was told. Jeff oh. Ogilvy has uh, been doing some work over at Shady Oaks. So Jeff has kind of been um, become sort of a – uh, friend of the tournament, it appears. He's going to do a press conference, and he's really, as somebody who loves this minimalist architecture, going to be asked to defend it. And then Hunter Mahan, another Dallas resident, has played here a lot, and and he also will uh, be coming in to talk to us. So those guys, and then there's just a handful of others have actually played it. And I had a caddy tell me today, he goes, I don't know how anybody's going to learn this place in two days. It's insane. <laughs> so big uh, home course advantage for Jordan, for sure. Okay. All right. Um, well, yeah. you you just mentioned the ground game thing. He gave a quote uh, at the at the players yes. about it being. Um, he called it American links, which is to yeah. suggest yeah. that the the be, it's That's better fair. to perhaps attack it from the air. You may not be able to uh, you know attack it from the ground once you get proximate to the greens because of those undulations that that you just mentioned. And he compared it to Burkdale. Now that's just his experience at Burkdale. Um, do you, did you get any sense of, of uh, you know, whether or not that's going to bear out or a guy's going to be able to attack it on the ground or not? Yes, yes, yes. I was throwing balls all over the place. And you actually are going certain hole locations, certain holes, you're going to have to land it short of the green, left of the green. Um, there are very few hole locations that I've seen in the holes that I've watched and threw, uh, walked and threw balls around on where you actually, if you just play a ball straight at the pin, uh, it will take two bounces and stop. Um, you're gonna have to. You're gonna see so many crazy shots. If you watch my Instagram story I, uh, today, I, I video recorded a couple guys on 17. You're gonna have to play to a spot and feed the ball down, and that takes some time to learn that. You know, look at guys at Augusta. It takes them many years to trust that. So that's gonna be the trick this week. But it's that is to me my favorite thing to watch in golf when somebody does know what they're doing, controls the ball to a spot and feeds it down, and the crowd, you know, makes the noise. And it's just uh, – you're going to get a lot of that here. So, All right. Really, well, I, I have – I, I don't you know we I can't let this opportunity now that go, that betting is 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 legal. <laughs> Jack, <laughs> not I mean quite I'm not yet. I'm not betting on Jordan Spieth at five and a half to one. Uh, but uh, if I if I, I'm in my sweet spot of of that twenty five to one to thirty five to one. Mm -hmm. Here here are three names and and okay. and Hostler is one of them. I'm, I uh, I also had seen the research that he'd played there before, and I like very much the form that he's in. I thought he did a really impressive job at the players last week. So Bo Hostler thirty five to one. That's one of them. What do you think about Mark Leishman? Uh, uh, definitely a place the Aussies will like. It, yes. it, it has that feeling um, uh, in a lot of ways. And I think that's probably actually what Jordan, uh, that would be a great analogy for him. I mean, American Lynx is great and because 
it, we're in America, but it does have a, a very Australian vibe uh, as well. So okay. a, a fine, fine selection. La- last name, Bra- Brandon Grace. And the main reason he's mm. jumping out at me um, is, is I still have in my head what he did at Chambers Bay. And just having done, you know, very little in the way of comparing Chambers Bay to this, but just observationally, it feels like this, there might be some similarities. Funny you say that. Uh, When I was throwing balls around the 17th green, four caddies came up. One of them was Michael Greller. And he uh, made the Chambers Bay comment to one of the guys. He goes, "It's it doesn't. It's got a lot of Chambers Bay." Well, uh, there's look, a- uh, to it. I would say that I, what I wanted to interject as the architecture geek was, um, yeah, uh, yes, but these are better grades. <laughs> these are better designed, <laughs> okay. uh, but I didn't. All so, right. Well, those uh, are but my- yes, it does have that feel. Um, oh, those are fine. I, I love those selections. Okay, I, good. Uh, those are my three names. Brandon Grace, 25 to 1. Leishman, 28 to 1. Hostler, 35 to 1. Okay. Two, uh, two is- interesting sponsor exemptions just uh, this week. Maverick McNeely uh, is in the field, as is Joaquin Neiman, uh, the, the, the great amateur golfer who uh, qualified for the Masters. Um, and he played very nicely in his pro debut. I always like on this kind of a golf course to side with people who are more worldly and who've played golf on these kinds of, of golf courses. I don't know where that leaves us with Sergio. Uh, he's, he's not been um, great this year, and I feel like at some point here it's going to kick in, and this is a place I think he could either just uh, love or hate, but, man, he's played a lot of Lynx golf and – he is somebody who has no problem uh, working the ball in the wind and landing it around and, and moving it and, and playing it on the ground. And um, the interesting thing around the greens house is that they're probably going to be putting a lot when they miss greens. So it's going to be somebody who can have kind of that touch around the green and hit an eight iron now and then. Um, so that's something else to keep in mind. But it, it's going to be. Yeah, it's a big moment, House, for, for, for the minimalist design movement because we're going from Las Colinas with lakes and a Four Seasons, and don't underestimate how much the guys are going to miss their Four Seasons right on top of the golf course. <laughs> um, this is not quite the, I don't blame the them. fanciest neighborhood. But um, the thing that I think is important here to understand is this is really the first time a, a core and Crenshaw course has been built to host the tour. Kapalua wasn't uh, really built that way and it's a bold uh, crazy uh place that that and, and is not certainly Kapalua with the views and so this is kind of a high risk moment for the people who love this movement and i think everybody's a little bit nervous about how the players are going to react i think they've been reminded many many times that AT&T is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friend of the PGA Tour, um, and they, we would like them to continue to be. So watch your comments. Uh, so there will be somebody, though, who, who calls it a, you know, they wasted a good landfill. There will be a few of those. But I hope the players give it a shot. I hope they understand it's uh, still maturing, although I, I was amazed how well the ball's moving around out there. So it's going to be – a week, though, where uh, you know we saw the effect of Chambers Bay and Aaron Hills on the movement to get new courses in the U.S. Open Rota. I think those two have have really hurt that movement, but they really weren't by the minimalist uh, uh, architects. Jay Blasey, who worked on Chambers Bay, is a little bit in that movement. So this is a big moment for the the people who love the Court Crenshaw, Tom Doak, Gil Hans, uh, world uh, that is really taking golf architecture kind of by storm right now. So a lot, a lot, a lot of you know, a lot of excitement, but a little bit of tension too to see how this works. 
Well, I'm I'm just excited to see a brand new uh, yeah. uh, venue on television. I just want to see how it plays out. And you don't get a lot of that American Lynx um, no. kind of a notion no, never. in 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 uh, on tour. So uh, I'm 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 hoping for kind of a gentle weather week so that there isn't uh, <laughs> a, a, a little warm. <laughs> well, that's fine. Be, but I mean, yeah. I don't want 25 mile an hour. I don't want the Texas winds oh, to be up. It blows every day here. It blows every day. But it's well, designed for the wind. It's and wide. if it blows it's, in yeah. the same direction, that's fine. I just don't want you know maelstrom winds. Uh, I, I want the oh, the, yeah. Yeah. the course to to have it the opportunity to be played the way that these guys imagine. So I'm I'm, I'm yeah. I'm psyched for it. Yeah, the hundred degree high forecast. I think on Friday is not not great. But the superintendent I spoke to is a great superintendent here, uh, Casey Coff. He he's so he's he's kind of excited for the heat. He okay. wants to. He wants. I said, are you sure the turf can hold that? Oh yeah, yeah. He wants it to bake. He wants it to get crazy firm and fast. And that's always fun. But he's got it. He's following the tour orders, and he's done. And I, I admire what the the rule staff is doing. They're making sure they, they get this right. It's a it's one that if they err on the side of conservative this year, no big deal. They're going to be coming back here for a lot of years. So, that's it. That's um, it. And then, of course, I don't know where this is going to fall on the schedule, but the one interesting thing for this tournament going forward will be that I think it's going to be the event the, the week before the PGA Championship in the future. So we'll see if this style of design ends up being a problem for attracting players who then are getting ready to play in a PGA, which you know next year it'll be – you realize how next year at this time will be the PGA Championship at Beth Page Black. Um, think I about that. Wait. I can't yeah, well, wait. Well, I can't wait. I, I don't know how the, the, the turf is up there. I, I know the trees have finally started to pop on the uh, with some leaves, but um, it's amazing to think the PGA Championship will be this, this date in 2019. So yeah, I can't wait. Keep, yeah, it's going to be. It'll be fun. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest before we, we say goodbye? I think we got it all. All right. Well, I uh, do want to remind people that our friends at Callaway Golf, of course, have redesigned CallawayGolf.com. So go check out uh, the new look and have fun designing clubs. It's a lot easier than before. And, of course, it'll also take you to Callaway Live where you can hear from Xander Shoffley, uh, who finished second at the Players' Championship last week. Get to know him. Uh, I think he's found something, and uh, he's he's gotten over the – the kind of the, the, the big uh, thrill of the tour championship uh, play, and he's uh, ready to get on a run here. So check that out at CallawayGolf.com. Well, this week we had uh, uh, Brett Martin from GQ on House of Cards. Oh, we talked about yeah. some best best new restaurants in America and brand new podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network coming from oh. Micah Peters, staff writer at the Ringer, co-host of the Ringer FC soccer podcast, brand new music podcast called On Shuffle, and uh, it, it, it seems like there will be a rotating cast of Ringer staffers, music experts, and artists on, and we believe that Micah is probably going to die on the Little Wayne is Deserving of the Utmost Respect Island. So check out that podcast. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it'll be sensational. Yes. House, uh, oh, one last thing I got to tell you before you say goodbye, Rick Riley. Ask me, how's Billy Simmons doing? Uh, he was in the media center at the players. He brought a little energy. It was fun to have him back. He, I wrote an item on, uh, well, <clears throat> the forecat he wrote an item for Golf Week. Uh, go check it out. It's kind of funny, I think. Uh, anyway, it was it was interesting having him around at the, at the tournament. So he's going to be at the majors this year. And, you know, I, I, I'm feeling like somehow I think I'm going to, I'm going to bring he and Bill uh, together and, 
somehow. I don't know. He's he he good had me laugh. That. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, he was good great though. Yeah. He it was fun having him around and he loves golf and he's only covering golf. So, All those right. of you <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh so anyway, uh house anything else you got to say goodbye anything you want to Oh, we have a thing. We've got it all covered, Shaq. All, all, all that we're going to do. Uh, I think we're back. We're, we have a little bit of a time off, but we're back in time for the U.S. Open preview here on the Shaq House, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.